Are nicknames or pet names for your partner in your romantic relationship a good idea? Does it actually increase satisfaction and happiness and closeness in a relationship? Or is it something that can drive them mad and drive the two of you further apart? That's what we're talking about right now on The Relationship Revival Show. You're listening to The Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Pet names or nicknames are a bit of an interesting phenomenon in a relationship. Uh, I This came up because I have a couple and in a recent session. Uh, he called her a nickname. He said, sweetheart. And she, and much to both my surprise and her husband's, she turned and said, I hate when you call me sweetheart. And it's, it's always alarming when there's a instant kind of knee-jerk reaction to anything in a counseling session. But that one kind of made me think this would be a good topic for the show because it's a little bit antithetical to the research out there. There has been uh, some independent studies uh, by different people. I'll list the sources on my website in case you're interested in reading more. But generally speaking, especially in America, the use of pet names or nicknames is pretty common. It's about 87% in America, a little bit less in Europe. And it increases relationship satisfaction in America, at least about 16%. Let me double check these stats while I'm sitting here talking about it. Uh, but yeah, I believe that's the case. It increased satisfaction about 16% uh, in America. And in Europe, it doesn't have quite as big of an effect, um, but it's still it still has a positive effect. So about 9% in Europe and 16% in the US. So I thought it'd be good to kind of go over a few things about pet names. First of all, what are the statistics? What are people actually using? Who's using it more? Uh, you know, which ones are particularly effective? Which ones aren't? Why do they work on a psychological level? There are some theories. There's obvious, some of this is conjecture, but there are some pretty strong uh, theories on it that I tend to agree with, when they can be used inappropriately, when to introduce a nickname, <clears throat> and a few other things that we can talk about to kind of see if it's something that is good for your relationship if you're using it. If you're not, maybe consider implementing it and and so on and so forth. So first of all, the statistics, we went over a little bit of it. Um, there is a uh, a kind of a funny thing about the stats in that men use the nicknames for their partners pretty significantly more, over 10% more than women tend to use their nickname. And that's going to tie in a little bit later to uh, my theory of why I think that's uh, that's actually happening. Most of the time, at least anecdotally, I can tell you from my own relationship, from the couples I see, they're pretty common nicknames. So they're things like honey, sweetie, babe, sweetheart, things like that. And those aren't really even considered pet nicknames. It's just, it's, yeah, it's a term of endearment, but um, that's kind of where this, uh, where this 
um, study kind of goes off the rails for me because I, when I look at it, again, it's 87% of Americans. So to me, it's more common than not to hear a couple say, hey, babe, hey, honey, how are you? You know, things like that. I would say it's so common that if you don't use a term of endearment, a pet name in your relationship, that's just a pretty generic one, like honey, babe, sweetie, whatever. That could be a sign that you aren't as close as you could be. Usually when couples use things like these terms of endearment, it's a sign that everything's fine in their relationship. Not necessarily that things are going great. You know, you can call someone sweetheart and then have a passive aggressive streak where you're trying to sabotage the relationship. That's entirely possible. But it's a sign that things generally are okay. And the reason is if you're in a fight and you're yelling at each other and you say, listen, honey, there's going to be a bit of a reaction there. People don't like to be called pet names or nicknames in the middle of a passionate argument. And so the fact that you're using nicknames and pet names in your relationship is usually a sign that things are at least not volatile and toxic at that very moment. Assuming, of course, you're not using them in a manipulative sense. I always try and make that caveat because some people get a little nuts in their romance, but for the most part, we're not. It's, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort to be a manipulative and crazy person, believe it or not. It's not something that comes naturally. I think even the sociopathic people, there's strategy involved and stuff. So for the most part, people, when they use it, they're not being manipulative. They're, they're just, it just slips out because that's how natural it is. Um, so which ones are particularly effective? was my next question that I asked. And this is interesting because I had I had a theory and the truth is it was wrong. In my mind, the more unique a nickname and the more personal it is, the more effective it is. But the truth is it's not it's not so easy to come up with a unique and individual nickname that's totally new just to the two of you that hasn't kind of already been used because what are you going to call someone other than gorgeous sweetheart honey i mean all the nice ones are kind of taken i had a couple once and it was kind of charming uh they were both a little bit dorky uh and it's self-admitted nerds you know i mean i'm not saying anything about them that they would take umbrage with but he was he was a bit of a hairy guy uh, not unlike myself and um they were both star wars fans so a lot of you know where I'm going with this. The nickname for her husband was Wookie. And she didn't say it in the middle of a conversation. So she didn't say, you know, like, hey, Wookie, you know, like that, which is where you would say like, hey, babe, hey, hun, you know, like, so sometimes if I'm talking to people in a session, they'll say, well, honey, don't you remember? So she wouldn't use it like that. She wouldn't say, hey, Wookie, wouldn't you remember? But where she did use it is if she was in the kitchen and he was upstairs and she wanted to get his attention, she would yell, Wookie. Or, you know, she would say he's my little Wookiee when she wanted to make a point of it uh, that that they're close and they have this kind of unique relationship that both of them value. And he would often, you know, respond like the Wookiee and like Chewbacca in Star Wars with the I can't do it, but the or whatever, you know, that groan is. And, you know, it would make some of their family members groan, but they loved it. So it's not something that, you know, if you're going to be something that's that unique, then it does bring a kind of charm and an individuality to the relationship that I think is is special and really interesting. 
Um, and you'll see, you know, if if you ever get in one of those relationships, you'll see that those nicknames come up when you write love notes or birthday cards or when you make up after a fight. Uh, people will say, come on, you're my Wookiee or whatever it is that you've chosen. So there's they they do come in handy at the moments where you're trying to connect. So those attempts to come closer together unique nicknames work incredibly well because it reminds you and your partner of why you're such a unique couple and why you have such, you know, a magical relationship uh, because that you have this shared experience and a shared narrative about, you know, the, the, the course of the relationship and how it's kind of moved forward. But you don't use it in everyday conversation. I mean, if I had a nickname for my wife, I don't know, you know, beautiful long hair, you know, some, something long, like, you're just not going to say it. Part of the part of the reason why people have nicknames to begin with, let's be honest, is they tend to be shorter, right? So if you have a very long, like my name's Jonathan, nobody calls me Jonathan, except occasionally my mom, but everybody calls me John, because it's shorter it's to, to the point where I've even filed taxes under John and like the IRS kind of got used to it. I mean, like it's gotten to that point. So uh, if you're if you have a longer name or a three syllable name, I often find that people will pick babe, hun and not honey and they get shorter and shorter. So, you know, if you if you have something like like baby gets shortened to babe very quickly because it's one syllable just right out, you know. And so if you have a partner who has a multi or a polysyllabic name, even if it's just two, even if you, you know, if you just have two syllables if there's not an easy way to minimize that to a single syllable, then you might uh, you might find that it's it's that nickname's going to creep in a lot faster. It's why in America in English we have mom, dad. You know the, the 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 labels we have for the people in our lives most. We try to make them short, easy to spell, easy to say. Uh, in Hebrew, uh, we have Abba and Ima. Um, which are two syllables, but I did notice that Abba was actually even more, uh, even easier for my kids to say than dad, because dad is harder on the mouth, which is why I suspect it became uh, a word in Hebrew for father. So Abba, Abba, because kids, ba is such a, it's such an easy syllable to pronounce, ba, 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 it's just natural, whereas da requires the mouth to open and the tongue to use its itself against the roof of the mouth and but it almost happens naturally so you'll you'll notice in in families that do speak hebrew ba 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 it's just it comes out so much easier and so oftentimes um abba is the first word in a hebrew speaking family not because the kid loves the dad more necessarily but because ima e is a difficult syllable to say it's a diphthong it's poly it it, it requires more of the mouth and is harder for a baby to kind of say. So that's another reason why nicknames are so popular in a relationship. They're just easier. So if you're talking to somebody and you're texting somebody all the time and they have a hard name to spell, hun, it's just easier. It's just, e it's just so much easier. And to get their attention uh, in a crowd, especially if you're in a crowd with a lot of Johns, if someone yelled John, yeah, I might recognize my wife's voice, but if she says honey in her voice with that, I mean, I would, I would turn around a little bit faster. So there are some benefits. Um, there are ones that don't work. So, you know, you have to keep in mind, they're very individualized. 
people have a different reaction to them. Uh, so I, statistically, um, they found that things like sweet cheeks, snookums, baby doll don't really work. And they might have worked a while ago. I mean, this study was done at a point in time where we're in a time right now where things like gender and gender roles in a relationship are still fluid. It's not the 50s or the 1940s in a first world country where survival isn't the primary concern. Men and women start to develop other roles in life. So things like sweet cheeks and snookums, they have a pejorative stance. They, they tend to look down on your other partner. And that that's my personal suspicion as to why they're not as embraced by women as they used to be, or possibly as they used to be. We don't really have the, the numbers on it, uh, going back, but, <clears throat> but you know, you can imagine if you, if you were a 1930s or forties or fifties housewife and you were completely content at being a housewife and there was zero pressure from society to kind of get a job, how sweet chicks might not have been the most negative thing because there was this sense that the man is the man, this muscular manly man, and the woman's place was at the home. So the dynamics have shifted. But there were people, I'm sure, back then that wouldn't have liked that either. And then I think the biggest thing that you should keep in mind is if you're going to have a nickname for your partner, you should pick one they like. I mean, that's, it should go without saying, but if you insist on calling someone honey and they happen to hate honey because their, you know, abusive ex called them honey or whatever, or they just don't like the way it sounds, don't use it. I mean, you have to, the whole point is to draw close to each other. So if you use a term of endearment that is not effective, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. There are ones that work particularly well still for women, according to the statistics, and they happen to do with physical beauty. So calling people pretty or gorgeous tend to work really well. What does that say about our society? It says that, in my opinion, at least, it says that we still value physical appearance as a primary value in women and that they themselves see that as a primary value. Now, obviously, it's not it's not, you know, something that they were necessarily born with, but that's the way our culture still kind of operates. There's a lot of magazines where it's all about fashion and makeup and diet and what do you look like and who wore it best. And, you know, there's not a lot of men lined up, uh, you know, 20 across on a two page magazine spread saying who wore it best. And it's black suit, black suit, black suit, black. I mean, you know, it's just, just not the way the culture works. So while women still look at themselves at these as these physically viable, seductress kind of figures in society, at least in some part. I'm not saying that that's their role or it even should be, but that's the reality of the situation. You know, embracing that in your relationship by calling someone gorgeous does work. Uh, Ironically, on the opposite end, there are ones that don't work for men too. And things like poppy or daddy are, are not typically liked by most men. Most men don't tend to want to feel like they're stepping into the shoes of a father figure. Um, There is some research that those terms are used a little bit more in the bedroom and with daddy issues kind of coming out in uh, interesting times and they're accepted more during uh, the throes of passion. It's uh, a conversation perhaps for another time. 
Um, but uh, but there there is you know a deep psychological embedding of the kind of the meaning of it. So let's explore what why they actually work because I think they're related, and I think the reason they work, and a lot of people kind of have this same conclusion when looking at the data, is that they take you back to a time where you first experienced love, and that is as a child. Uh, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your socioeconomic background, your nationality is. Everyone on this earth who's made it to adulthood has experienced love. There was somebody willing to get up in the middle of the night and feed you and put their own needs aside. That is a sign of love. Anyone who's dealt with sleep deprivation knows that to get over that hump, you have to love the thing that's crying. Now, you might not have had a great childhood or, or, you know, or, or upbringing, but everyone has experienced love at some point in their life if they're alive today. And most of us have had childhoods that even if they were riddled with issues, had a sense of affection. And those affectionate moments from your mom and dad, I mean, how many times have you heard parents do this baby talk and call you my little cute thingy thingy or oh, I just want to bite you and I want to eat you and oh my god you made this and that and that and this and every culture has their own little nickname you know uh, for their kids sometimes they're gender neutral sometimes they're specific I mean princess is one you hear all the time in English in Hebrew it's booba or in Yiddish it's booba which means doll um, which is ironically gender neutral. So there, and there's, and Spanish has one, and French has one, and German has one. I mean, it's so, it's such a universal thing because parents want, they want that connection to their kids that is unique to them. And there's so much emotion coming out of them that the name they chose just isn't good enough for their kids. And that's the intention that I think we're trying to get back to when we call or when we're being called a term of endearment in a romantic relationship, we're trying to recapture not the parent-child dynamic, but that sense of true, pure love where you're calling me something unique to me that you don't call other people because you love me and you want to have this relationship where it's unique. And so when you embrace it from that perspective, when you have that approach, it could be a very beautiful thing, especially when it's used casually. To me, there's something so gorgeous about somebody calling someone babe casually, just throwing it away. It just shows that this is these are people who've settled into their roles as a couple. Now, obviously, you can use these inappropriately. If you're in the middle of a fight, may not be the best thing to say, sweetheart, listen to me. You know, that that can that can backfire very quickly. Also, if you aren't with your spouse or your partner, I don't think you should use them, right? It's just like if you told everybody you love them, it would start losing meaning. If you're at a restaurant and you call a waitress babe, obviously that's incredibly inappropriate. Now, certain parts of America, like the South, everybody calls everybody hun, and it's just kind of accepted. So go with the the kind of the... (laughs) the culture of the land, obviously, but um, you can d- diminish the meaning and the weight that that term of endearment has in your relationship by using it on other people, both for yourself and for your partner. Obviously, if you call the waitress gorgeous, 
or pretty in front of your wife, or if you call him handsome in front of your partner, that's not going to go over so well. And even if it just flies by like a casual nothing and they don't say anything, when you then try and call them gorgeous, they're going to think to themselves, well, yeah, but he even called the waitress you know, gorgeous. It's just going to be a bad thing for you to do. But even for yourself, even if you're at a restaurant or at a bar or something or wherever it is, and you do it without your your partner there, words words carry power. And the way that you use them has an effect on you. So even if they didn't catch you, you know, using this term of endearment, you're going to notice that it loses its value. There ha- There's a bit of sacredness in the scarcity with which you you know, are effusive with your emotions and you should save it for your partner. So when can you actually introduce a nickname? And this really is uh, a twofold, you know, a two-part question because there are couples who are just starting out or have been dating a little bit, but haven't introduced it yet. And then there are people who may have missed the boat. Maybe you've been married for several years. Maybe you've been together for 10 years or 12 years and you're living together. Even if you're not married, you're, you're in a very long and serious relationship and you've just never used them. Is it too late? How do you start using them? Is it different than how you start using them in the beginning of a relationship? And the truth is there's no cold, hard, fast answer. Every individual is unique. And every relationship is unique. The space between two people is always going to be individual to those two as an item. Some couples are comfortable enough saying, hey, would you mind if I start calling you honey? And that's as simple as it gets. It's a yes or no question. I've seen in session, because it has come up, it's like, well, I'd love to call you babe, but I don't know if you'd be okay with it. And the answer you'll usually get is either a knee-jerk no or a kind of head bobbing, I don't know. Because the truth is, we don't. Until you hear it come out of the mouth of someone you love, you won't know if it feels right or not. And sometimes as you say it, it's almost as like, you know, you you say it and you're like, oh, you're releasing something that you've wanted to say for a long time. And the opposite is true too. You can go, hey, babe, oh no, let me get that back in my mouth. That was That didn't feel right. Uh, so you have to kind of play around with it, but you, you know, hopefully you're in a relationship where you have that space to do that kind of experimentation, to give it a shot. Is it too late? Have you been married for 20 years or together with someone for that long and you haven't used the term of endearment? It's not too late. Try it on. If you've been married for 20 years, my guess is that if there's a rejection from your partner, if you're like, Hey honey, and they don't want to be called honey, they'll probably laugh at you. And hopefully you'll laugh too. It's like, I don't know. I thought I'd just try something. And they'll be like, you're calling me, honey? 20 years into the relationship? You're going to just throw that out there? You'll be like, I don't know. I thought I'd uh, give it a shot. <laughs> like, And you'll find that that laughter is that is disarming. And if it's something where you it's important to you, you can have a conversation about it. It's like, okay, a honey didn't work, but I, you know, I thought it'd be nice to have a nickname. And sometimes just shortening the the nickname. I mean, How many times have you heard parents call their kids versions of their name that nobody else calls them by, right? Uh, That's very common. So uh, I I know that uh, uh, in 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 my own world, I have a friend who's who's named some like uh, what's the full name? I call him Nate. It's Nathaniel, and his parents call him Natty. 
and no one else calls them natty. That's their term of endearment. And so if you're in one of those relationships where you, you know, honey just doesn't feel right, sometimes coming up with a version of their name that's unique to you will work. My wife for a hot second called me Joan. And, uh, you know, like instead of John, it was Joan and it had this kind of stank on it. And I was okay with it at first. And then I said, you know what? It sounds too much like Joan. And Joan sounds like someone who works at a school cafeteria with a hairnet. So I'd prefer if you didn't. And as soon as I said it and made her laugh, because I made that, you know, visual appear in her head, she let go. But sometimes you try these things on and they work for a little bit. My kids called me Bob for a while because it's ah, Bob, Bob, Bob. And so they were like, hey, Bob. And it was it got annoying. At first, it was cute because it was unique. But I was like, guys, it's just, it's not my name. And it's another person's name. It's weird. You know, so we had a conversation and I put an end to it. And that's okay, too. That's something to keep in mind. Sometimes nicknames have a shelf life. And you can use them for a year or two. And then that's it. You'll find that that's incredibly pertinent when you're a parent. You can call your kids something when they're two, three, five years old. When they turn eight, sometimes those names wear off and they want to be called something else. And that sometimes happens in your romantic relationship too. So whatever way you try to implement it or take it away in your relationship, the key thing is that you get a buy-in. You get an embrace from your partner. The whole point of these nicknames is to bring you closer. So if it's not going to make them smile or blush or kind of have a twinkle in their eye, don't use it. That's the big, that's the big takeaway. If it makes them kind of grin or kind of shrug their shoulders because they're excited just to be around you. Bingo, you found the winning nickname. If you're interested in learning how to get the absolute most out of your romantic relationships, then you're in luck because I have put together a free workshop or masterclass, if you will, about three secrets that people in happy relationships have discovered. You can view the workshop at mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. Again, it's completely free. Just go there and watch it. It'll help you on your journey, give you some wisdom, some things to think about. The website again is mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. That's mrspirituality.com slash the number three, the word secrets. It's all yours. Enjoy. <laughs> Get it. Both dogs do it. They both did it. Let's keep dogs the fashion.